0: Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome back. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing the number one mistake that I see new macro trackers make. Now, no shame here. This is exactly what I did because I didn't know any better. So first, I just want to tell you that if you are making this mistake or if you made it in the past, it's fine. I literally did it and it wasn't until I realized what was wrong with the strategy that I was able to fix it. And obviously I got out of that mindset, but I'm gonna help you to fix it. All right, so the number one mistake that I see when somebody tries to learn macros on their own or right out of the gate is going right into a diet, going right into deficit calories, mostly because they don't like their current body composition Or maybe they don't necessarily hate it, but they want to change it in some way, and they think that going into a fat loss phase is the thing to do. Now, I'm going to spend the rest of the episode explaining why this is not the most optimal way to go about it. Now, dramatic pause. (laughs) Right now, you're probably asking yourself, you know, how do I know if I'm doing this? don't worry. The whole episode is going to be dedicated to helping you to understand, like, are you currently using dieting or deficit macros and why that might not be working for you? So let's talk about it this way. So Let's go about it this way, I should say. So you download MyFitnessPale or you download a food tracking app of some kind. There are many that are out on the market now, and you start using the goals that they give you. So many of these apps, when you first create an account, they're going to ask you a number of questions. And it's a way for them to identify where your potential maintenance calories are at. So Here's why this doesn't work though. It's a calculator and it's providing you with a set of numbers that is the app or the software best guess where your macros should be at if you want to insert goal. So it would be something like lose weight, gain muscle, body recomp, that kind of a thing. But here's what it can't do it can't determine the gap, which is where your intake is currently at compared to where it should be. And when I say should be, like, if you could see me right now, I'm using air quotes. So should be would be your current maintenance calories or current total daily energy expenditure, aka the amount of calories that are required to fuel your brain, your body function, and your movement. Now, from there, it's going to set goals for you. It's going to decrease your calories if you're saying that you want to lose weight, or it's going to increase your calories if you're saying that you want to gain muscle. But one of two things happens. You end up on dieting calories, or bulking calories that are inaccurate because you don't know where the gap is from, the the app doesn't know where the gap is, I should say, from where your current intake is at compared to where it should be in relationship to your goal. So this is like a two-part, it's actually like a three-part process. It's a number, it's pre-tracking, it's understanding where your current intake is at, it's comparing it to your maintenance calorie calculation or your total daily energy expenditure, and then the third step is going to be setting goals based upon those two variables or those two sets of data. So what ends up happening is that the calculation is wrong, and you go along trying to follow these calories and macro goals that really are not accurate for you. And oftentimes what I see is that people plateau very quickly, specifically when it comes to weight loss, because what ends up happening much of the time is that you your energy expenditure is probably already low. Like if you've been dieting, but not necessarily counting calories or counting macros, like maybe you've been like limiting carbs or restricting other types of foods or even doing like meal plans that are um, designed in a deficit strategy or are diet calorie related, then what ends up happening is that your energy expenditure is actually going to be much lower in actuality than what it would be in a calculator. So you end up, you know, in the 1100 1200 calorie club and I mean, I'll even go as far as saying like 1500 calorie club below your basal metabolic rate, feeling like crap, and then you're stuck and you don't know what to do from there. You know, another example would be that your dieting calories are even actually higher than where your current intake is at. And so, yes, you might lose a little bit of weight. You might, you might not, but you end up in a weight plateau because you're actually eating more food than what the calculator has calculated for you. And so therefore, you're not actually in a calorie deficit. Now, when it comes to bulking calories, this can also ring true, but it's going to be on the opposite side of the equation. So if you know you want to gain muscle, the app is likely going to give you calories that are far above, I, mean, I shouldn't say far above, but they're definitely going to be above your maintenance calorie level. If you aren't at that maintenance calorie level and it, and you start to eat those higher calories, likely you're going to gain you know, more fat than you maybe want to in a bulk or in a surplus. So it's really important that you understand where is your current intake at? in relationship to where it should be, and then setting goals from there. So what I would say is ignore the goals in the app. Try not to set goals, just track your food. Um, in my Fitness Pal, in particular, you can actually zero out the goals, and in some of the other apps you can also do that, but don't look at the goals just track your food for seven to 10 days and see where it's at. Now, when I say food, I'm also talking about like beverages. Um, I'm also talking about alcohol, those kinds of things. So it's really important that you take that time to do that. And don't just jump into deficit calories, you know, eat like you would normally eat logging foods and drinks as accurately as you can. And then what I would recommend is find three different TDEE calculators online and take the average of all three. I mean, that's really just the best that I can do in a no cost podcast that's designed to help you, you know, give you some additional information that you might be missing. Of course, what I do for my clients is actually go through a process of calculating their actual TDEE, looking at their intake and determining like, you know, where is the gap? How far away is the gap? And then where do we need to go from here? In this example for you, if you are below maintenance, you will need to reverse diet by slowly increasing your calories up before you can safely enter a future fat loss phase if weight loss or fat loss is your goal. Same thing if your goal is to build muscle. If you are far below your maintenance level, you will need to reverse diet up, hold at maintenance for a while. And then steadily and gradually increase those calories up in more of a bulking style of approach when it comes to macros, which is going to be where you probably have a little bit more carbs and fats coming in and a little bit less protein, almost like you would be at maintenance. Whereas in a deficit, you're going to have higher protein and lower carbs and fats because we want to make sure that we are sparing muscle and lean body tissue when you are in a deficit. You know, if you're at maintenance, really, you have three choices. And I should just say, before I dive into this, like very, very few clients that I have worked with thus far are actually at maintenance. Most everybody, like I would even go as far as saying like 90 to 95% of everyone that I have seen thus far is below their maintenance calories. And I've talked about this on past episodes, but oftentimes what happens is when I give them where their maintenance calories should actually be at, they will say something like, wow, I just can't even imagine eating more food. Like I'm really not hungry. But here's the key point. Your brain and body function has been downregulated because the calories that you are currently feeding it are not enough. And so your metabolism will slow function in order to accommodate for what is actually available. So this is just going to be what we refer to as adaptive thermogenesis, which really is just a fancy term for saying like, your body adapts to what you give it. So what ends up happening in particular in the gut is that people will be like, well, you know, I'm never hungry. So clearly I don't need to eat more food, but you couldn't be more wrong. The reason why this happens is because the body just gets used to functioning at a lower level, and you end up losing hunger cues because your gut literally just doesn't have enough fuel to work with. So it's processing foods, and and uh, I should say macros and micros, you know, everything that you're taking in—foods, beverages, etc.—but it's not processing it very well. You know, it's it's kind of like. It's kind of like partially working. Um, So we want to get function going so much better for you. So I always talk about like, I have a three-part coaching process and it is perspectives, physiology, and physique. And the way that I go about this is really that first part is like just wrapping my client's mind around the fact that like, hey, I know you have a physique or even a performance goal, but... First, we have to get to a place where physiology is restored in order to get to that point, because we can't change the way that your body looks or feels until we restore function. So if you're at maintenance, going back to this example, if you're at maintenance, or even when you get to maintenance after you have reverse dieted, you know, Take some time. You don't need to go right into a deficit. You don't need to go right into a bulk, especially if you are new to macros. Work on your macro strategy. Work on optimizing your tracking approach. Because if you don't take the time to do this, when you go into a deficit or you go into a bulk, the level of variability with what you're tracking is going to be so high that it's really not going to be very accurate. And it's kind of like, you know, what's the point in doing it if it's just going to be kind of like haphazard? Now, I should also say it doesn't have to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect for crying out loud. You know, the literature shows that like even registered dietitians who are the absolute experts in this still have variability in their food tracking. I mean, for crying out loud, we all do. But there are definitely things that you can be working on while you are learning macros, eating at maintenance and improving your technique so that when you are prepared to go into a deficit or into a fat loss phase or into a muscle gain phase or into a bulk, then you're more accurate. You know, it's it's more optimal. Your tracking is more optimal. So if you're at maintenance, I keep beating around the bush. Sorry. Um, I think of all these things as I'm explaining it. And I do have an outline that I follow, but I'm like, Oh, this would be a really good point to talk about. (laughs) So here we go. All right. So if you're at maintenance or when you get to maintenance, work on your nutritional habits, you know, work on things like building a balance plate with protein, fiber, starchy carbs, and fats, increasing your protein up. If it's low, especially if you are training, your protein needs to be high enough that your body is able to rebuild what you're tearing down. Because if it's not, you're just literally doing junk volume, meaning like you're tearing muscle down, but you're not actually, you don't have the nutrient availability to repair what you are tearing down. So you're in more of a catabolic state than an anabolic state. Catabolic meaning breaking down of tissue and anabolic meaning building up. All right. The second option would be when you are ready. And when I say when you are ready, like this doesn't mean tomorrow, after you get to maintenance, remember what I said about taking some time, (laughs) go into a 15 to 30% deficit. Sure. But here's the kicker. You need to have a start and a stop date while simultaneously training and increasing steps especially if you are below or at 5k on average per day. Or eat near maintenance, train in a progressive manner and increase your steps above 5k. So if you want to know like, hey Danielle, what would you pick? Here's what I'm gonna tell you. My personal preference is number three because, you can eat to fuel your brain and body function, build muscle with the fuel that you are having come in, and decrease or manage fat by increasing your daily steps, which is going to be fueled by fatty acids because steps or walking are considered aerobic conditioning or aerobic style of cardio, meaning oxygen is required to fuel the fuel the process or fuel the work because it's a longer duration type of movement. Now, I'm not saying that you can't eventually go into a small deficit or go into a deficit, but my recommendation would be don't just go into a steep deficit because your training is going to suffer, your sleep is going to suffer, and you're probably going to be more stressed out because your brain isn't going to be functioning as well. So this happens occasionally with clients and we'll get to maintenance. And then they'll be like, okay, like now what do I do? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we can just eat here, train, have a solid training plan and focus on lifestyle and biofeedback stressors. And, you know, some of them go for it and others are like, nope, time to diet. I got a diet. And, you know, some definitely can benefit from a deficit or a diet. And I like, no shame to them for having that mindset. But what I will tell you is that eventually many of them come around, I would say like around the 12, 16 week mark of dieting. And they're like, I kind of hate this. Like my life was much better when I was eating at maintenance. I'm like, oh, really? tell me more about that. And they're like, well, I just had so much more food to work with. Like my training was so much better. I had the energy to get my steps in, you know, my libido was there. And even though it's a little bit of a slower process when it comes to body recomposition, I felt like it was so much more sustainable and I wasn't so food focused. And it's like literally all the claps when that happens, because, you know, I can give you The strategy, I can explain to you what I would recommend, but oftentimes it has to be your own idea. You have to change your mindset around this concept. You know, I always like to explain to them that like we have three pillars of stress to manage. There's nutritional stressors. There's movement related stressors. There's lifestyle stressors. You know, I refer to this as the eat, move, sore part, three parts of my coaching framework, the soul sore method, you know, eat refers to managing nutritional stressors across the lifespan move refers to managing movement related stressors and sore refers to lifestyle and biofeedback stressors across the lifespan. And when I say across the lifespan, it's because I really fully believe that like this this whole, you know, nutrition, fitness, metabolism, mindset stuff, like you don't just get into it for a few months. You don't just sign up with a coach to help you, you know, learn how to track macros and, you know, improve your movement related strategy for a few months. Like this is information that you learn that you can apply for the rest of your life no matter what you're doing. I mean, I have, you know, some examples where Clients have learned macros, they've done great, and then they've gotten pregnant. And we've had to change our strategy and adjust things because now they have different stressors going on. You know, like there's always something. There's always something something that's gonna be coming at you. So in summary, dieting is only one part of the metabolism and hormones equation. You know, I would not recommend Starting with a diet when you are first learning macros, figure out where your current intake is at and then decide where do I need to go from here? Up, down, or should I stay the same? You know, the big takeaway I want to share with you is that you don't have to cut calories to change the way that your body looks. You shouldn't feel like trash. When trying to change your body composition, you know, there are some caveats here. You know, if you're one that has been eating well above your maintenance calories and not moving very much for years and years, but in general, going right into a deficit or being in a calorie deficit doesn't just apply to your nutritional intake we can change your energy expenditure, AKA how many calories you're burning per day by other means, adjusting training volume, adjusting training intensity, you know, adjusting cardio volume and cardio intensity. And the big one is just daily steps through walking. Walking is very low fatigue, meaning that it does not stress your central nervous system. Now, if you're walking like all day, yes, of course, but like I'm talking like going for a 15 or a 20 minute walk, you know, several times per week. When this happens, when you start to shift your mindset around the fact that you can change the way that your body looks without just constantly dieting all the time, that's when things will start to change and you will open up your mindset to a whole nother level of goals. You know, even if you don't like the way that your body looks right now, I can almost guarantee you that the number that you have in your mind probably actually looks different than what you think it does. Your body can probably do different things than you think it can at this, at that same level. Like for example, you know i'll just give you an example from from my my own journey and my own past is when i got to that number on the scale which for me it was like anything below 130 it was like 126 127 i would even say was like the sweet spot in my mind for a while but you know what sucked my training i was not motivated to go on walks i was super tired all the time i wanted to take naps I couldn't make progress in the gym. Like I couldn't lift and my performance suffered and my libido was absolute crap. And I was irritable and stressed all the time. And it's because my intake was so low. You know, I was repeatedly dieting over and over and over again. For a while, it was just through portions. It was dieting through portions. But then when I started to learn macros, it was dieting on diet macros for a really long time until I got the courage to reverse diet and hold it maintenance. And when I held it maintenance, I held there for, wait for it, 18 months. 18 months. And it was great. I had tons of nutritional flexibility. And based upon the season, you know, my energy expenditure went up and down, of course. Like in the summer it was a little bit higher and in the winter it was a little bit lower. But I could lift, I was making progress, I was building muscle. And then I eventually got to the point where, you know, I wanted to build more muscle and I wanted to increase my performance even more. And so I did decide to go into a bulk, but I have not dieted in almost two years. And I have zero plans to diet anytime into the future. So, Take my word for it, if you are new to macros or if you aren't necessarily new to macros and you're still on dieting calories, you don't have to live like that. Trust me. So that wraps up episode nine. I hope that you got a ton of value from it and that it helps you to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.